so to transplant something is to move it from one place to another. They're organ transplants where someone receives a new kidney or a new lung. We call people transplants, right, when they, when they uproot, and, uproot and move from one place and put down roots in another place to live. The word, of course, really comes from gardening. Sometimes people take a plant or a tree or a bush that has been growing in, in one spot and they carefully dig it up and they move it and plant it in another place. It can be for various reasons. It might be that uh, the plant uh, needs to be divided and, and multiplied. It could be that um, the, the place that it's growing um, is not as good as the place that you're going to be moving it to. Uh, and so we transplant the tree or bush to a, a different spot where it can hopefully thrive better. I did this a couple of years ago with an azalea bush that I had in my yard, and it was growing on um, kind of a steep, a steep incline with not much soil there. Uh, it wasn't a, an ideal spot. It was kind of uh, crowded around some other bushes, too. And I had never seen it flower. Uh, and so I decided, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to transplant it to another spot in the yard. So I dug it up carefully. I replanted it somewhere else where it had more space. And this year, it's actually getting ready to bloom uh, right now. Um, so in the gardening world, transplanting a tree or a bush um, can be important. Um, it's an important part of gardening. Transplanting is also the work of Jesus. It's also the work of Jesus in our lives. In this Lent, we've been thinking about uh, the season of preparation before Easter as a time of spiritual gardening. Uh, we've talked about how Jesus helps us confront and discard the rocks of temptation uh, that, that seek to thwart our growth in God. We, we've talked about um, Jesus longing to gather us, reflects a God who always gathers before God uh, creates something new. Uh, we talked about God's patient participation with us, even in seasons of barrenness, to help us bring forth fruit. And then last week, we talked about confession as tilling and overturning the soil of our hearts uh, so that we might receive nourishment of God's forgiveness. Sometimes, sometimes in order to grow and experience new life, however, we need to be transplanted. We need to be transplanted. To encounter Jesus and his love is to be transplanted from one soil to another. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and our minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, grow us, and transform us, that we might live for you and, and bear fruit for your kingdom. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading uh, this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 3, 4 through 14. Listen for God's word. If anyone else has reason to put their confidence in physical advantages, I have even more. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I am from the people of Israel and the tribe of Benjamin. I am a Hebrew of the Hebrews. With respect to observing the law, I'm a Pharisee. With respect to devotion to the faith, I harassed the church. With respect to righteousness under the law, I am blameless. These things were my assets, but I wrote them off as loss for the sake of Christ. But even beyond that, I consider everything a loss in comparison with the superior value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. I have lost everything for him, but what I lost I think of as sewer trash 
so that I might gain Christ and be found in him. In Christ I have a righteousness that is not my own and that does not come from the law, but rather from the faithfulness of Christ. It is the righteousness of God that is based on faith. The righteousness that I have comes from knowing Christ, the power of his resurrection and the participation in his sufferings. It includes being conformed to his death that I may perhaps reach the goal of the resurrection of the dead. It's not that I've already reached this goal or have already been perfected, but I pursue it so that I may grab hold of it because Christ grabbed hold of me for just this purpose. Brothers and sisters, I myself don't think I've reached it, but I do this one thing. I forget about things behind me and reach out for the things ahead of me. The goal I pursue is the prize of God's upward call in Christ Jesus. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, Paul was writing this as a Jesus transplant. This dramatic portion of his letter to the church at Philippi describes his own movement from one soil to another. A change in status and identity and priorities. Now, Philippi was a Roman colony in what is now Greece. And in his letter, Paul has made central the self-emptying love and faithfulness of, of Jesus Christ. How though he was God, he didn't regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but, but humbled himself and became obedient to death on a cross. So Paul exhorts the Philippians to live in light of this and to imitate this Jesus, even if it means experiencing trials, uh, going against the grain. He tells them to stay on track even if others try to sway them another way. And so right before our scripture passage this morning, Paul warns the Philippian Christians who were Gentile, meaning they were not Jewish, he warns them to watch out for a particular group of Jewish Christians who were insisting that Gentile new believers had to be circumcised had to be circumcised. Circumcision, along with some other rituals, was considered to be like the tangible sign that you were a part of God's family on the inside. It was an identity marker. It showed the the soil you came from, if you will, where you were planted. But Paul has a problem with this. Paul has a problem with this. Don't put your confidence, don't don't plant your identity in physical advantage or, or outward Uh, or outward rituals that communicate your status. I used to be there, Paul says. That used to be the soil I was planted in. See, Paul used to think he was planted in the best soil, good, faithful, Israelite, Pharisee soil. He thought he was living the good life, thriving, being the the best, most religious Jew he could be, everything going for him spiritually. If anyone has reason to put confidence and fall back upon the soil from which they grew, I do, Paul is saying. If anyone has reason to base their identity on outward rituals that indicate preferred status and acceptance with God, I have even more. And then Paul proceeds to list it off, right? Like a resume, all the things that he thought were to his credit, his pedigree, his credentials, all the things that that had characterized where he had been planted. Like, let me prove the soil that I come from a legitimate birth, circumcised on the eighth day, an Israelite from the elite tribe of Benjamin. By the way, you know that's where King David came from, right? Just saying. 
a strict and devout adherent to God's law, a, a fiery defender of the purity of my faith, even to the point of persecuting Christians, a methodical observer of everything set forth in God's law book. I mean, this is some special soil, right? Until he encounters Jesus and gets transplanted into better soil. Look at what he writes next. These things were my assets, but I wrote them off as loss for the sake of Christ. But even beyond that, I consider everything, everything is lost in comparison to the surpassing value, the, the superior greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. In, in other words, the soil that I thought, that, that soil that I used to be planted in, that I thought was so good, all the things I used to think I had going for me, all those things I thought defined who I was, rooted my identity, nothing, nothing compared to being in relationship with Jesus and being planted in the soil of his love and acceptance. But he keeps going. I don't just consider them loss. I consider them, and the Greek word is either translated dung or sewer trash. I consider them sewer trash in order that I might gain Christ and be found in him. When Jesus meets Paul on the road to Damascus, Jesus transplants him from a soil defined by achievement and success and spiritual pedigree and outward identity uh, markers to a soil defined by Jesus's own love and faithfulness, where Paul can be found in Christ and have right standing, familial status, acceptance with God, not because of being circumcised, not because of being a super devoted religious person, but through the work of Jesus. All the things, all the things he once thought he had going for him, all the things uh, he used to hang his hat on, all the things he used to think were so important that he could wave around as something special are nothing. Are nothing when transplanted by and in Jesus and his love. He used to think that the best version of himself grew out of one soil. Now Paul realizes that the best version of himself is the one planted in the love of Jesus Christ, transplanted there, where he is fully convinced of Jesus' love for him, that Christ has taken hold of him, and he's taken hold of Christ right back. What soil are you planted in this morning? What kind of soil is producing you right now? What are you rooting your identity in? What are the things you feel like you have going for you? You need to be transplanted by Jesus in order to grow and experience new life. And the truth is, if, if we're honest with ourselves, right, we, we plant ourselves in all kinds of soils that, that are not Jesus and his love. And like Paul, they may not necessarily be inherently bad soils, but they're not the Jesus kind. Maybe like my azalea bush that was growing okay, but not thriving or flowering. Maybe it's the soil of our job, our productivity. Maybe it's the soil of success, achievement, or status. Maybe it's the, the soil of unflinching political loyalties. Maybe it's the soil of buying and, and acquiring 
Maybe it's the soil of busyness. Maybe it's the soil of freedom without commitments. Maybe it's the soil of some nostalgic notion of the past. Maybe it's even the soil of family life or church life. We constantly, constantly need to be transplanted by Jesus and his life and love. That's precisely what he wants to do. Jesus wants to dig us out of soil that is not growing us and giving us true life and transplant us, transplant us deeply, deeply in his love so that we cannot help but say and believe with every fiber of our being that Jesus is so much better, so much better. That's what the language of knowing Jesus means. It means being found in him, planted in him instead of other things. It's to identify so closely with Jesus that we find our security, our worth, our purpose, our joy, our meaning, our fulfillment, our hope, our salvation, our best life in him. That if all we had was Jesus Christ, we'd have everything. Preacher Fred Craddock tells the story of a a missionary family in China who was forced to leave the country sometime after communism um, took over. One day, uh, uh, a band of soldiers knocked on the door and, and told the missionary and his wife and children that they had two hours to pack before troops would escort them to the train station. And they were gonna be allowed and permitted to take with them only 200 pounds of stuff. Thus began two hours of, of discerning and wrangling and bickering. What should they take? What about this vase? Well, it's a family heirloom, so we got to take it. Well, maybe so, but this typewriter is, is brand new, and I'm not about to leave that behind. What, what about some books? Let's take a few of them along. On and on it went, putting stuff on the scale and weighing it until finally they had a pile that totaled 200 pounds on the dot. The appointed time, the soldiers returned. Are you ready, they asked. Yes. Did you weigh your stuff? Yes, we did. Is it 200 pounds? Yes, on on the dot. Did you weigh the kids? Um, no. And in that instant, that pile of stuff meant nothing. Jesus wants to bring us to the place where we can say with Paul, because of where I am planted now, because of Jesus transplanting me, I consider everything else as loss in comparison to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus, my Lord. The other soil is nothing compared to this. All those other soils I've planted myself in just aren't the same as being planted in Jesus Christ. This is where I'm meant to live. This is where I'm meant to grow. This is who I'm meant to be. Truth is, like Paul discovered, the best version of us, the growing, thriving, truly living best version of us is one that has been transplanted in the love of Jesus Christ. I had a a huge transplant moment in my first year in college. And interestingly enough, it was largely because of this very scripture passage. I I didn't realize it, but I was really living off of my resume. I was living off of the soil of of achievement and performance and how others perceived my success. I thought 
the best version of me. I thought my identity was coming from similar soil to what Paul describes. You know, the resume I sent to, to colleges, my success in the classroom, my past achievements. I thought I was thriving. And several months in, I realized that everyone was successful. <laughs> everyone was an achiever. Everyone had a good resume. And it was a moment of profound destabilization in a good way. It was a moment of being, of being uprooted, never out of the grasp of Jesus. And then thankfully, Jesus transplanted me somewhere else in a different kind of soil, planted me in a community of Jesus followers that allowed me to root my identity and my worth and myself in Jesus and his saving love. And I actually stumbled upon and read this very scripture passage and it changed everything for me. Everything is loss, Tyler, in comparison to knowing Jesus. And I, and I began to experience a joy, a fullness, a wholeness that was so much deeper than what I had experienced before trying to grow in that other soil. And I began to truly treasure a relationship with Jesus. And I started growing from a completely different place, transplanted, that really set me on the course for ministry. What about you? Has Jesus ever done that kind of transplanting work in your life? Where you were in one place and Jesus rooted you somewhere new for your growth and for your good. Where you could say, I was blank and because of Jesus, I am blank. I was blank and because of Jesus, I am blank. Transplanted. Maybe, does Jesus need to do this in your life right now? Friends, the good news, as we've said throughout this series, our God is a great gardener. One who is willing to help clear the rocks. One who's willing to gather us in God's loving, creative arms. One who believes that we matter because we're made of matter. And who's therefore willing to be patient and get down in the middle of our lives to fertilize us, to dig around us to give us every chance to thrive, one who tills and forgives every single time, one who will stop at nothing to, to transplant us so that we become deeply rooted in God's love and the kind of soil where we can experience abundant life and thrive that, that won't run out of nutrients, that won't leave us wanting for more, that will produce the very best version of us the version alive in and for Jesus Christ, bursting forth, bursting forth with new life. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.